Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review and stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Joining me today, uh, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. Uh, and you've not read today's book that I'm going to be reviewing. Nope, don't even know what it is. Well, I have it here in my hand. Oh, it's a paper book. It is a paper book. Or I have a paper book, book version. version of it. Yeah. So here's the thing. Back in, I have, uh, if, if anyone, if people have asked me this over on the uh, Science Fiction Book Review Podcast listener group on Goodreads, the mm. SFBIP listener group on Goodreads. Yeah. Uh, it's a great place. Everyone should go over there. And uh, if, you're, if you're active on Goodreads, first become my friend so I can see what books you're reading and also what you think of books that I'm reading and things like that. It's a great recommendation. But also, if you want to recommend a book for me, go over to there. And there's a, a thread on the SFBIP listener group on Goodreads called Books I Would Like to See Reviewed. Mm. And if someone throws a book up there... And uh, and says, hey, check out this book, uh, you know, and then other people say, yes, I also want you to read this book. I'm way more likely to read, uh, to, to, to listen to a book recommendation if somebody else also backs up that recommendation a second time. Yes. yes. And uh, and often people will say, oh, have you read this book? Now, mm -hmm. there is a way of people finding out if you read the book. If you go to sfbrp.com and click on episode lists, there's a, there's a, a big page with it's every a long episode. List. Yes. Because the, uh, the podcast feed is only, uh, and the way that, you know, iTunes and other software works you often you can only get the last um 150 episodes oh, and I with see. the vlogging platform that i use not vlogging blogging anyway Blo uh, yeah, yeah it's, it's wordpress. wordpress wordpress does not work very well um, with being polled all the time and say, is there a new episode? Yes. Is there a new episode? Yeah. If it's having to look up a database of 500 episodes, you've really got mm. to limit that. Otherwise, the uh, the, the, the oh. web server doesn't work so well. <laughs> yeah. So uh, so there is an archive feed where you can get the first, 130, uh, first 300 episodes. Um, but we're getting to the point now where I'm going to have to put the next archive, 100 episodes. Archive. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no, okay. I'm just going to add another, another because um, then that's a stack. Of, st the, 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 past, the archive feed is a static file. Oh, okay. And it so, only works when you click on it and yeah, it, it only does it yeah. when you click on it. It's okay. more for people to do that. But also there's an episode list where you can look each individual th things. Each individual episode is listed there. And you can see the, the episode number, the author, the uh, the book title, the series that the book is in, the rating yeah. of the book, the length of the podcast, um, the date it was released, and then some links to yeah. you know easy downloads and things. So that's um, a really handy list. If you have a set amount of time yeah. and you want to listen to an SFPRP, yeah. can you sort it by time? Yeah, yeah, you can, you can. So that's great. You can so you sort can... by length of episode. <laughs> oh, I have um, twenty minutes. So I, I set up the science fiction book review podcast before Goodreads was a thing. Yes. Maybe not before it was a thing, but before it was um, uh, being used, being used a lot, or before mm. I was using it to track my reading. Mm. One of the inspirations, or one of the motivations for me to set up the science fiction book review podcast and start recording it, was actually for me to keep track of which books I was reading without, like you know, in a, a more interesting way, yeah, uh, and a place for me to post reviews, which wasn't you know having to write things out or keep a book blog or whatever was back there you know mm -hmm. um and uh, the example that i often use is an alistair reynolds book which is i think the third book in the um in the revelation space series which i started reading three times and always got to the end of the prologue and been like oh i've read this book already and i <laughs> and then i'm like i've not just read this book already i remember starting this book and reading it already <laughs> Um, so it's, there's the, you remember the process. Yeah, I remember the. Yeah. Pro, I remember having remembered reading it already <laughs> as I get into it. Yeah. Now another book which I might as well use is this book. The, the example of this book that I have oh, now. Oh, I see. Is, uh, is this, this is heading? this is the 
third book in the Three Californias triptych. It's not a trilogy because a trilogy is, you could say a trilogy is three stories back to back which tell a full story. Yes. You know, you're like yeah. your, your Star Wars, your Empire Strikes Back, Return of the Jedi. It's yeah. the three in a row. Yeah. Um, this is a triptych. In other words, it's three views. I mean, the traditional way of, of a triptych is where you get those three paintings of the yes. same scene. One in spring, yes. one in summer, one yeah. in winter or whatever. Like that, yeah. That's the kind of thing that and I was having in my triptych. you can open and close it. Yeah, you, yeah, it's sort of like these doors that open yeah. to the side, yeah. isn't it? Or yeah. d- different panels. Yeah. Um, so they're kind of different views on the same scene. Yes. Which means that it's not, they're not three stories, they're three different views. And that's what this yeah, this Three Californias triptych is. It's Kim Stanley Robinson going, ah, right, I'm going to, uh, you know, write about this place in Southern California. Right. Probably where he grew up because quite a lot of this feels quite autobiographical. Yeah. And he's going to tell stories, like three alternate stories um, of, of uh of, of places that he's you know like possible futures even okay. though some of these futures are now kind of parts of these futures are in the past okay. he wrote the first one which was the wild shore mm. um in fact i'm just going to bring it up the, the the list here the wild shore which i reviewed at the beginning of this year yeah um is set in 2047 and uh and it's like post-apocalyptic there's been nuclear war most of like the, all the weather systems have changed america has been like blockaded by different countries and you know there's okay. Chinese Chinese and Japanese ships off one coast uh you know European ships or uh, whatever it is you know yes, so like yes. there's there's it's it's uh, post apocalyptic and people growing up in a place with very little technology and uh being blockaded from the outside world yes. in California yeah uh, the middle book in this uh, triptych is book 2 the gold coast which i actually reviewed back in uh, 2009 okay. um, as That's i can see here in this episode lists that i have here three california's triptych number 2 yeah in 2000 in july 14th 2009 i reviewed the book don't remember very much about it but okay and well, not as good that is kind of like a, a more um actually close to our current world in other words the the sp- the california sprawl continues okay. um unchecked by nuclear uh, holocaust and it's about you know it's more of like a not cyberpunky but like much more grim reality of everything being car dominated and development do- mm. dominating things and then do you have a, a- What's Just that? one second. Do you have a time when that happens? Like when uh, is that oh, taking that book, place? That book is set in 2027, so it's a kind of it's kind of closest to where closest we are now, where, even yeah. though that book was written in 1988. Yeah. And now there's this third book, Pacific Edge, mm-hmm. three California's triptych number um, number three. Mm-hmm. This was written in 1990 mm-hmm. um, and is set in 2065, so actually a bit later than the first book. Yes. So it's the first is in the 40s, the second is in the 20s, 20s and then this it's one is in, in the, the 60s. 60s. Yeah. yeah, pretty much. Even further. Yeah, it's even further into the future. Yeah. However, some parts of this book, some that is actually set in 2012, which when oh. it was written was 22 years in the future. Yes. And that feels very much more, that feels very current or some of the stuff that's there okay. is feeling much more current. Yes. Um, so that's it. So what I'm saying before about like, it's handy for me now to have a list of when I read these books, not just in Goodreads, but actually mm-hmm. these episode lists over on uh, sfbrp.com where you can, where I can actually look back and see, oh, which of these books by Kim Stanley Robinson have I read and reviewed here? And when? And when did I review them? Um, I didn't have that at the time. Yeah. Uh, back went before I started the Science Fiction Book Review podcast. Okay. And uh, so I bought this book. I have a paper book. I, I bought this in 2011 when I actually went over to California. Right. 
And I went to various bookshops, which I'd known from different places in San Francisco. I went to, can't remember what the, the bookshop there was called. New Horizons? Don't know what it was called. Um, but when I was then up in uh, in Portland, uh, mm-hmm. not in California, but uh, it was on my California trip. Close. Um, I went to um, Powell's bookshop, the used bookshop there. It's a huge bookshop, very okay. well known. Yeah. And uh, and I was looking around, I was like, hmm, this is really cool. I want to buy a book. <laughs> what book do I want to read? Mm-hmm. And I thought buying um, Pacific Edge, Three Californias, book three would be an interesting book because I was like, ah, that's one of the three California's book books that I've not read. Yes. Um, and it turns out I started reading it and this was back in 2011. Yeah. I was like, oh, I have read this book before. <laughs> oh, no. Um, but I didn't want to throw it out, so I still have it here as a, as a paper book. Yeah. But because I don't really read paper books anymore, even back in 2011, I didn't really read that many paper. I mean, I was still reading paper books, but by then I was getting into audiobooks yeah. and ebooks. And so I think this is probably, even though I bought it in 2011, this is maybe the last sci- this is maybe the last paper book, paper science fiction book that I read. Uh, that sorry that I bought and then ended up not reading there are mm. a few books maybe since then I bought a paper book and didn't yeah. save to read later because I read it and then gave yes. it away to the bookshop back yes. in Berlin yeah it's more like that like that I, th- I remember uh, a Sanderson book one of the big like yeah chunky Brandon Sanderson big, book. yeah big, the tiger no <laughs> Tiger Prince or Tiger King, no. What are you something. talking about? I don't know the Way title. of Kings. Uh, something. Probably Way of Kings. A big, big chunky. There was a chunky book. Yeah, maybe I read the first one of that as a paper book. Um, but yeah, so here we go. This is this is the last paper book that I have in the shelf, which I've not read. Mm. But then it turns out I have read it. And yeah. I had that same thing where I started reading this and I was thinking, ah, I don't think I've read this book be- before. And I'd forgotten that I hadn't, that the reason, I'd forgotten the reason why I didn't finish it last time was I started reading it. I was like, oh, I've read this before and then just wasn't into it. Yeah. But I thought I stopped reading it because I didn't like reading paper books rather than right. not wanting an audiobook or an ebook okay. version of it. And this time I read it thinking I've, I only ever got 60 pages into this book or, you know, 50 pages into this book and then stopped reading. And that's what I thought going into this book reading oh. this book and then as so i carried on i was right. like no everything in this book is familiar to me and then as things were happening i was like oh i know how this is gonna <laughs> i know what's gonna happen by the end or not by the end of the scene but i know what this is going to cause later on yes and i got all the way through to the end i was like oh nothing in this book was surprising now yes. it's like again it's one of those books that i remember having i remember having remembered reading it before but then i also forgot that so uh, there's kind of like this double meta, stacking meta. this yeah. double stacking like layers of memories of me going oh this feels familiar yeah. oh, i might have read it before but i didn't read it so yeah that's the full story of like how i actually came to this book this is my second and a half times reading it because i read it once sometime i guess in the 90s i was just about to ask because now you you remembered that when you bought this book in 2011 yeah that you read it before no when i bought it i thought i no, hadn't read yes, it but, and then i started reading yes, and remembered i but, had read it exactly yeah. but so while you started reading it then you remember that you have read it so i wanted to ask when was roughly the first time you read it i don't know but like, don't, again uh, far enough ahead no early enough that i don't remember that i'd forgotten <laughs> that this was a book that i had read yes But recent enough that when I was reading it, I was like, oh, I have read this book before. But that could have been like two years. Like I'm saying with this Alistair Reynolds book, this, yeah. um, uh, what's it called? Chasm um, City? No, not no. Chasm City. It's the uh, Absolution Gap. Oh, right. Like 
it was like it was in the time that I lived in Berlin and was getting it was the same book that I bought like I bought the same book twice from the same bookshop because it was a used bookshop and you could go back yeah. and the way that it would work is that you'd have the ticket inside and you yeah. would order but they didn't it back keep track it. yeah they didn't keep track of who bought the books and bought it back and resold because it was like a, it was like pretty much a, a lending library with a one euro fifty fee yeah. it was always you'd sell it back for the same cost yeah minus one euro fifty yeah um. But it, like I said, that absolution get was the same book twice, the same book <laughs> yeah. that I'd read yeah. w- uh, before I moved to Berlin, obviously, or, you know, in the early 2000s, whenever it came out. Yeah. And then tried reading it once, didn't work. And then tried reading it again and didn't, you know, and then it was so. Ooh. So in this case, the th- this this uh, this um, Kim Stanley Robinson book has obviously been a book that sat with me for decades now mm-hmm. that I finally got around to finishing the third time. And the reason I finished it, it's because it's the Audible has got it as part of their free uh. Uh, their free trial. That so I finally, after after reviewing book two yes. of this trilogy in 2009, yeah. uh, 2021, we're talking mm. 12 years later, I finally finished off. This is going to be triptych. this is going to be a, a, a big triptych. But like loads of times, I'll go back to a, a book after 10 years. You know, there's yeah. so many books that I'll I'll get back to and read. Especially if you have um, good memories of it, or if you if you think it is. It, you did it again. What? You kicked your, your glass. I didn't kick... sprayed water everywhere. Oh, not... oh there's like yes. three drips over there. Don't worry about mine. Well, yes. Um, so, yes, if it is a good book and you have good memories, you might get back to it. But also you might get back to it because you don't have memories of it. Well, it's not that it's a good book that I remember it or a bad book that I remember it. It's just another Kim Stanley Robinson book. And a lot of his books, not they don't feel the same, but they have similar themes, you know. They have similar structures. And especially in this case, because this is three views of the same of the same setting or like three different futures of the same place. Mm-hmm. It's it feel there's a lot it, there's a lot that feels similar in these because yes. they're all about young people growing up in Orange County in, in California different, different settings in different settings but yeah. like the same kind of place yeah and so it's exploring the same themes mm. like in like the 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 idea of like uh, in the I, again I don't remember very much about the middle book but in the first one there's a person called Hank mm. and he, he goes on an adventure and mm-hmm. comes back after an adventure and there's some there's you know it's a book it's it's a book that in the end turns into to a book about writing adventure stories and trying to work out when a story begins and when a story ends. Yes. And there's like a love a love triangle love story kind of thing in yeah. that. And then this book it's like in that first in that in the first one like the kids are like 16 to 18 years old it's like mm-hmm. set over a year where you know they're like turn, going into adulthood mm-hmm. and this is where you're going from you're like oh you're late 20s going into early 30s it's much more about how are you settling down mm. who are you gonna settle down mm-hmm. with living with you know and like you're setting your job but you know you're trying to find meaning in life so it's much more yeah. of like the the late late 20s early 30s passage of growing up rather than yeah. like the teenage coming of age kind you, of thing you become more responsible for things because yeah. in in your like when you go from the 16 years to like you know 20s yeah. you you are stepping into adulthood but it's not really adulthood nothing is really it? matters not really, yeah no yeah because but then in this age you make you you, you then the decisions that you have made earlier yeah then really come yeah. in and then you have the responsibility for your own life and maybe other people's lives. And, and that's exactly what happens here. Mm. So we, this book follows the life of... There's like two intertwined stories in the life of Kevin, you know, going parallel in his life at the mm-hmm. same time. 
and uh, he's a, a, a local member of the Green Party in mm-hmm. America. Mm-hmm. Oh, by the way, this is all this we, a, a, a future a, almost. There's a big disconnect from our current, you know, or the 1990 when this was written, mm-hmm. the politics then, and 19, uh, 2065 or whenever this book was set is set, uh, and it's a future utopia. Um, so instead of oh, there okay. being rampant capitalism, right. it's very well. It's not even so much socialist. So diverted from our yeah, system yeah. and go, went somewhere else before. Yeah, this is yeah. an alternate future, which right. uh, which theoretically we can't get to from here. Although mm. we, there is a place, like I say, in in 2012 in this book, where mm-hmm. there's sort of like someone is deciding, oh right, we need to really kick things into gear. But this is sort of like two generations or one or two generations, or this is the first generation of people growing up who have never known anything except this situation that they're in right where it's not so much social socialism but there's a, a size cap on um how big a corporation or business can be mm-hmm. and different businesses have different size caps you know mm-hmm. for, depending on like you know how uh how how much work there needs to be done yeah you know? um and also there's a, a cap on how much anybody can earn. Right. And once you, once your uh, little community or the town where you live mm-hmm. starts earning too much money, yeah. like if, if the companies start earning too much money and getting too big, mm-hmm. then that money is diverted to everybody else mm-hmm. who lives in the town. Hmm. And they can then earn money up to a 100% of the maximum permissible ownership. Mm-hmm. And then that money is then diverted Go, elsewhere. Ha- yeah, you know, So there's these different further, levels yeah, away. Yeah. So it means that, oh, everybody always has enough to live. Mm. Um, people, you know, you still have to work. You know, people yeah. still have to work yeah. and contribute to the to the town. Mm. Like, I think it says everyone has to do 10 hours of community work per right. per uh, week, week, which yeah. can be like some people help with teaching. Some mm. people do clearing. There's this ongoing effort to tear down old buildings and rewild, like re-nature different places, okay. tear up roads which aren't being used and right. things. Um so that's the whole thing that's going on. And there's like two kind of, it, it, weirdly enough, the political parties aren't really mentioned very much, but there's the Green Party and I mm-hmm. think like the New Federal Federalist Party. Mm-hmm. Um, the New Federalist Party is the slightly more business, pro-business uh, yeah. party. The Greens yeah. are the more environmental, very much disconnected from the what the Green Party is in America now. Does it exist? Uh, there is a Green Party in America, oh. but it's kind of a scam. You know, it's like they... Didn't know they had a yeah, Green Party. Yeah, it's not... It, 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 you know, third, fourth parties in America are problematic by the the nature of their um, the system. from from the system. Mm, yeah, I say yeah, problematic, yeah. like even if they've got great goals, they're not. They don't function within government in the same way that the Green Party does in Germany, where right. it, there's proportional representation, and it's possible yeah. that any city council can have like six or seven different parties in you know represented in it and they all have different goals and they're all like you're doing doing maneuvering to try and get what they want so that's what this book is about kevin or one of the threads of this book is about kevin who's a member of the green party the book begins with him agreeing to or recently has has agreed to stand and become you know part of the town council Mm -hmm. um of el modino which is a you know a town village kind of size place in in orange county Mm -hmm. in south california southern california and they're like you're now part of the town council and so the book pretty much opens with him going along to his first town council meeting right and alfredo who has recently been elected as the mayor of the city right. is tries passing this um this uh, uh rezoning bill for a place called rattlesnake hill which is this bit of uh, like it's been zoned open ground open land um, okay 
which means that you know it's kind of just adjacent to a parkland and uh, there's no development there and it's the last it's the last developed uh hill or it's the only hill in el modena which doesn't have a development or any housing or any building on the top of it mm-hmm. and it's to do with water rights and california water rights and piping water down in from you know the columbia river and all these different kind of things it's explained in the book mm-hmm. that they're like that that um alfredo has got some slightly underhand maybe nefarious or something like that trying to get round something and and mm. and kevin picks up on this and goes hey wait a second no rattlesnake hill that's like you know that's a hill just behind my house right that's the last place that's the last high place in um in uh, in el medina where there's been there's no development because mm-hmm. it was owned by the you know water board at some point and they gave it back to the city and now you any anyway so the, most of the book or a big chunk of the book one of the three kind of main storylines of this book is kevin trying to stop alfredo uh, or tr- trying to work out how to stop this uh, this development or what's what's go- first of all what's going on with this development mm-hmm. why is it being passed trying to get developed secretly yeah like, and all that kind so of stuff so he wants to expose kind of any kind of just work out what's going we- yeah. on yeah yeah and because he, he's part of the green party there's yeah. doris which is the other green party council member right. who works with her and then there's a character called tom bernard who is like his um his in this case it's his uh, grandfather and Tom Bernard is also a character in the other two books. He's an old. Oh. He's like the older guy who's like the the town mascot. He always lives out of town. He's a bit mm. of a hermit. Lives out mm-hmm. in town. And in the uh, in the first book, The Wild Shore, he's like a main character, like one of the main characters. In this book, he's not the main. Or he's not one of the two main characters, but he's in the background. In the first book, he used to be a lawyer before the bombs fell, mm-hmm. and uh, or he was training to be a lawyer or whatever. Yeah. Uh, and in this book, he. He, he's an he's a retired lawyer and he's got connections and stuff so they they, okay. talk, they go and talk to them you know talk to uh, tom bernard yeah um so in this is kind of like in the triptych in like in the yeah. painting yeah so you have uh like him as a figure turning up again yeah yeah there's like one more, person who yeah, repeats in all three exactly yeah. but but not always in the foreground and big mm. but sometimes like in the first one he yeah. is like pr- present and you see him and then in the others he appears somewhere yeah. in the picture but he's not obvious yeah. but he's in the overarching yeah yeah he's he's like the main he's the one character who goes through these three books and goes oh, oh cool. this is probably the same guy all the way through okay um this older guy who uh you know gives advice tries to you know help people grow up a bit so also but in this one... book less than the first one yeah but that answers the questions that i had at the beginning it was the question was is this um is this like a a a trilogy like not a trilogy but a three story uh thing that happens like really just looks at the same place uh in different conditions or does it go along so first there was this world no 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 it's three nuclear. different alternate futures oh okay like none of these three none they of these three stories each other. Can, no they can't they are mutually exclusive oh, right. futures none of them can exist in the but same place the character still appears in the background of yeah. the different stories oh that's pretty clever yeah i mean it's 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 fun and also other character names are repeated mm-hmm. even if they're not even if they're definitely different characters because you know the, the timelines don't match up where yeah. they're living doesn't match up their histories right. don't match up they can't do because they're all like these second generation so some of the names are repeated yes and and that uh dolores or whatever her name is is uh Did you, you said doris before no oh yeah there's i think there's two uh oh. there's dolores hmm, i should i should have actually made a, a list of names or did i make some notes of it here uh, oh no yeah sorry alfredo and ramona and the 
these uh, and and Hank um, and mm. these other characters around who mm-hmm. go, oh, there was a Hank in this other book, mm. or and then I think there was a, a Ramona in this other book. <laughs> but you know, they play different roles in the love triangles and, and okay. how much of a main character or not That's they are. That's cool. It shows a bit like um, maybe he was saving on creativity creativity energy names to be honest sometimes wise. i wish he had just come up with different names because it does it get a little does bit get it's, it does get confusing yeah, sometimes I, I believe uh, because that. He, by reusing names it's sort of like john tom dave kevin you know like they, they yeah, sometimes yeah, they just generic. blur into each other mm. oscar although oscar's it stands out a bit but yeah, yeah they go through here so the other main storyline oh actually let me just talk a bit more about this we were talking before we just watched this video about google um mm. building in california and they're like oh it's great we're adding so many jobs to the economy it's like are you adding houses as well you know all that's all the kind of thing that happens with california yeah. uh, housing policy um, and uh, I'm a bit too. I'm a bit overexposed to California housing policy in in surprising ways. Again, sometimes just YouTube videos and things. Yeah. But I happen to follow um, uh, it's a, a comedian on Twitter who I followed because we did a show together. I think or okay. we watched some shows together. Went over in back in 2014. Yeah. Um, he uh, was that in Edinburgh. Yeah, in Edinburgh, the yeah. Edinburgh Festival. Yeah. I think. He came to my show. I went to. I can't remember how. How I can't remember how it worked out. But mm-hmm. we were. I think we were in the same show. And then I went to see his show. He came to see my show. And then we went to some other shows together. Mm-hmm. And so I just happened to follow him on uh, on on Twitter. Yeah. Um. And he lives in California. Yeah, and he's also super into all of these uh, California housing uh-huh. motions and debates and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, and he posts he posts every day two or three things about California housing policy on Twitter. Yeah, well, I guess if you live there, yeah, you yeah. know, you immediately affected. Yeah. So, uh, so is it always interesting that? So it's just it's weird how one of these things that when when you actually read about this, you know, read about this uh, uh, this stuff in Pacific Edge, it feels very current. Mm. And a lot of these issues feel very current. However, they like I say, there is this disconnect of like, how do we get to this future utopia from here? Mm. And it's and it's so much of a it's it's so much of a huge break. Yes, that it's almost. Almost, I'm going to say it's almost unbelievable. And I I always hate it when people think that science fiction should be predicting the future. Mm. And if there's a, a book which is predicting the future, it's the second book in this series where there's just urban sprawl and mm. people are unsatisfied with their jobs and there's, you know, terrorism. Well, not terrorism, but like eco-terrorism. Like people are like, you know, uh, doing going to protests and all these yeah. other kind of things. So the, the second book is The Wild... Sure, no, no, no. The second one is that the Gold Coast, the Gold which Coast. is about more about sprawl. Um, in fact, let me go over. I actually opened up the wiki, uh, the thing here. The Gold Coast. We learn about Southern California. I'm not going to review this again because I reviewed it back in 2009, and yeah. I, it's my least uh, favorite. It's a dystopian extension of the 1980s Los Angeles and car oriented architecture, mobility, and lifestyle. An endless sprawl of condos, freeways, and malls. The book describes the life of 27 year old Jim McPherson, who finds himself caught up in literary and academic interests, anti weapons industry terrorism, drugs, partisan, casual sex. Mm. And uh, yeah, so uh, for me, the the least enjoyable of these three books, um, as, as I remember it. Right. Um, so, uh, so yeah, but this book, like we're there. And so one of the storylines is some of these like little excerpts of somebody's journal or diary or something set in 2012 mm-hmm. about a guy who was accidentally an American who's accidentally caught, got caught up in uh, Switzerland. And there's this really strong nationalistic movement in Switzerland, mm-hmm. um, which is sort of like people coming in. And if you're not, if you don't have a work permit, then you get put in jail. And, you know, mm-hmm. it's all this, you know, mm-hmm. it's, it's a really tricky situation. It's revealed later on that this is a, a 
a journal by Tom Bernard, uh, Tom Bernard, uh, Barnard, the, Tom the Bernard, the lawyer yeah. guy, yeah, the old lawyer guy, yeah. and it's some of his writing that he did, which is funny because in the first book he, he was given br- a journal and they said <laughs> you should write down your backstory and he doesn't, and in this one there's you realize ah this is actually him writing his backstory ah, okay. about like what he was because in there they're like what did you do before the apocalypse and now it's sort of like what did you do before and so you actually get a it's a revealed a little bit about what the situation like how bad the situation got mm. before they had this very very kind of slow revolution this mm-hmm. very slow socialist revolution but they were very careful not to ever call it a socialist revolution yeah, yeah, yeah. but to kind of use up like to, to use all the and and that's why this feels rele- very relevant as well because it feels like again it's very difficult to say anything more than this but it feels like there is pushback in enough places against some of these large corporations mm-hmm. at the moment mm-hmm. when we suddenly realize that oh, some of these corporations are more harmful you know it's it's very easy to see in the tech industry because it's everything is played out you know publicly yes where there's all these antitrust things against google and mm-hmm. facebook and um and others and yes. twitter and microsoft and and in america and of course it's it's there isn't any there isn't what happens in this book or what's hinted at in this uh in this uh, pacific edge book um but it's i find it very interesting that what would it take to get a utopian future do we does it have to become a dystopia before we all decide to pull back together mm-hmm. or can it be you know clever people working together behind the scenes rallying people together and and getting stuff you know getting stuff sorted out but uh, i found it i found this a very interesting approach which is this is a book which is very clearly not saying this is how the future is going to be mm-hmm. which i think is terrible when science fiction Does, authors try to yeah. predict the future mm-hmm. or try to make their book a prediction of the future i find it much more interesting to say of like if this was different in the future how would it be and this book is actually back in a different direction it's more of if the book if the future is like this let me say let me this is my vision for the future mm-hmm. what would be the problems that they would be facing then right. yes. you know and how would they have got there although that's a smaller part of this book yeah so when i say when i say one of the main stories is sort of like oh someone wants to build a development and we're not going to like and other people try and stop them that's the main conflict in this book because in a utopia where you're not having to worry about war or conflict or mm-hmm. violence mm-hmm. or bad stuff happening people or are taking geriatric afford... pills so they're not yeah. growing old as yeah. much there's uh, like medical technology mm-hmm. is expanding there's no poverty there's no all of this other kind of stuff is all like well what are you gonna do we're like well i'm gonna go join the green party to make sure like housing policy is good and mm-hmm. development doesn't you know start up again too much as well. yeah. we're still trying to clear out this old development over here mm-hmm. and clear up this mess from before mm-hmm. some of it feels very unrealistic like in that way you're like well of course the world can't the future can't be that way where there's no like racism isn't even mentioned i mean it is mentioned a little bit but it's sort of like it's so much in the back like all of these major issues which we now think are major issues Mm. are put into sort of like what color do you want the walls of your new house to be (laughs) yeah and you're like oh that's the main that's the main issue at the moment is sort of like are you going to build a mall or not are you going to build um you know, you're going to build this mixed use thing where you can put some residential area and some, they wanted to build a, like a technology hub and also a shopping mall up there and a cafe and things up on the top of yeah. this mountain. This reminds me actually a little bit of um, children's problems. It's a little bit like, mm. you know, um, for a child, yeah. their problems 
are massive yeah and important and you as the adult look at it and say and think like how can this piece of garbage yeah be like the important thing yeah is because generally speaking of course not everywhere and not every child yeah but if everything around the child yeah, everything is else is good, sorted yeah <laughs> then this is the big problem and yeah, um that is true Yeah. So, and and in in some ways, that could make a book. This that could make this book very boring mm. because you're like, what's the book? And I was looking at some of these other reviews on Goodreads, where it's sort of like, oh yeah, these three books are three books where nothing happens. And I'm like, oh no, there's so much more to it than that. Yeah. These are books where life is allowed to happen. Mm -hmm. People who are just allowed to live their lives. Right. And it takes a very skilled writer to write this book. Again, I think it's less. It it doesn't work so well in the middle book, but in that in the first book, the yeah. Wild Shore, yeah. there is some adventure stuff. And again, it's also a book about adventuring. You know, yes. there's there's something. There's you know, stuff there's, happening. There's, yeah, there's, yeah, in that first book, there's like gun battles and sea adventures and all these right. other kind of stuff. In this book, people go for bike rides. And But they go hiking in the hills. Yeah. And there is a bit of drama later on, which is is kind of needed because you sometimes you're sort of like, oh, what's happening? Mm, not a lot's happening. So you just, let's set off a bomb. There's not a bomb in this book. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a um, that's kind of a reference. I think that was with Stephen King in The Stand. You get like three quarters of the way through the book, and everyone's kind of settling down. And you're like, oh, we need some drama to happen. <laughs> all right, set off a bomb, so boom, like that. And they literally just set off a bomb in a place, and they're like, oh, all right, we've got this sort of the thing. We, that have we, a thing. we actually all have to work together to do something, and you've actually got to yeah. continue on with the adventures. Either everyone just settling yeah. down, and so there are a few like bombs chucked at the end of this, where there is a little bit of drama. Yeah, but it's much more of like, oh, what's the community going to do yeah. to help them? Uh, which is great. Um, but like I say, a lot of this book is then like, what do you do in your time? And it's a lot of people who, for, when you actually read it, you go, oh, wow, all these like middle class privileged people living in like, you know, Orange County paradise in the future. What do you get up to? So like you play... You play softball, mm. um, probably too much. I think that's the thing that is. There's actually, again, some of the reviews are like, "Oh, too much softball! Like, why? Why yeah. is it all the baseball going on? You know, what's like, yeah, why? Fun. Why is? Well, why? I, I quite like the thought experiment. Like, yeah. um, and I, I think some of the pandemic life has yeah. uh, shown us a little bit of that. Yeah. As in, okay, if you, in this case, you can't work. Yeah. Um, what would your life be? Yeah. Like, what would you fill your life with? Mm -hmm. That's actually not so easy. Yeah. To fill your life with, if if there's, if if you don't have a schedule that is dictated from the outside. Yeah. If you, if you could, can literally do lots of things at the same time. What happened to me was I was paralyzed yeah. often enough because yeah. there were too many things that I could do at any, that at, at that given point yeah. there were too many things that i then could have done that i then was in the end just hanging out on the couch not yeah. doing any of those well that's that that's what people are found finding a balance with in mm. this book mm. uh, like kevin our main character he likes riding his bike and he's a carpenter so he does up houses so you get these old how in this book old houses you know built back in the day and mm. there's all this terrible he's like colonial style he doesn't like it and he's sort of like and i build these new eco houses with you know computers which there's some like fish ponds but you don't have to worry about it because the house computer it just will works. just it'll it just, just it'll it. clean the tank you don't need to worry about it and there's these plants here and you're kind of living inside and outside oh, and there's these descriptions so I want to yeah. live there well again you need the right environment to be able
able to do of that course. to live there. Of We've course. just had 36 degree temperatures and we're all melting here in Germany. Yeah. Uh, you need you need architecture that can well, deal with that. Of course, like local, you need the, the local adapted mm. uh, eco yeah. architecture for this. But that would be a different architecture, but it would still work. Yeah. Uh, mm. Another cool thing is that here on the front of the book, sailing ship. Yeah. Um, he likes sailing. No, no. Uh, he doesn't. But there's this the character that turns up and she's going to be leaving on a on a ship. And uh, and so there's some scenes with the with the ship as it comes in and out uh, mm-hmm. and later on in the book. And these are um, trade ships where people just go on and there's this great description saying, oh, and everyone who's working on the ship is really young and it's the first time they've come out and they're all <laughs> laughing and they're like, you know, and, and, and uh, it's some of the older characters in the book and they're just sort of like, oh, disgustingly good looking, like so good, so <laughs> fit and good looking and beautiful that I look at them and just sort of like burst out like, like comically good looking and things. Yes. And... Uh, and they do sailing. Uh, also, you've got here this um, this uh, glider. Um, Your pe- fingers go, on it. Oh, they go they go flying this up in the air. It's a okay, glider. It's a glider. They, they go flying. Uh, Kevin and Ramona go flying together, and it's a pedal pedal assist glider. Oh. So they they they're both cyclists. Or Kevin's a cyclist, but yes. they also use their their legs. So yep. he goes up, and he provides the leg power uh, along with Ramona, and Ramona flies around, and that's that's, that's when they go on dates together and things. They that's cool. They go they go gliding. Yeah. So it's a it's a book which is um set over the course of either um this like session of it's like a, a not a year but like maybe over the course of a summer mm-hmm. because it's like the the beginning of the book is the first baseball game and the end of the book is like the last baseball game which right. they're playing a bit late because there was some scheduling mix up and it's the last game of the year and it also follows um kevin who has his he's on a uh, he's batting a thousand and people are saying hmm, you've you've not missed a ball for a long time oh, so he also plays basketball yeah, uh, baseball no, softball is baseball yeah, yeah. It's softball is like kids Base, well, it's not kids' baseball. It's like non. It's not throwing balls so hard it's that you're going to knock each other out. Super hard balls. It's yeah. the. Uh, I think there's like the court is small. Not the court. Mm. The field is smaller. Mm-hmm. There's more fielders on the thing. The mm. balls are bigger. Just easier to hit. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's like it's a softball is is baseball on on easy mode. This, um, yeah, I Karen? just want to insert here some personal yeah. history story. Yeah. When I went to the US in 1997, yeah, we went there with a the choir. And we stayed with families, mm-hmm. and um, I was there, of course, with some other choir friends. And yeah. we stayed in that house, and they said, "Hey, uh, girls, what do you want to do? Do you want to go to the local to the community pool, or do you want to yeah. go play softball?" Yeah. And my friend was really into, "Oh, let's go to the pool." Yeah. And because you know peer pressure, I also yeah. went to the pool. Yeah. In the end, like if I would actually have decided you'd consciously, I would have played you softball. Go, you, you, you can do something a... that you can't do here. Yeah. One of so my. Uh, that's my relation to softball. One of I m- haven't done it. <laughs> one of my my American softball stories. The first time I visited New York was in 2004. Yeah. And. Um, And uh, I remember going into uh, Central Park, you know, and there's the, the Columbus Circle area and you go out through the park and you recognize all of this because like every movie uh, is is, is in New York features yeah. one of these paths that go past like the um, the Apple TV screensaver flies over these baseball diamonds mm. that are there. Yeah. And uh, and so I thought, oh, I'll, I'll go sit and watch some Americans playing um, baseball. So mm. I sat there and it was this uh, uh, it was a softball league for 
um, you know, some various workers in mm. New York, and mm-hmm. these people were um, uh, journalists from different ah. uh, publications right, in New York. Right, and they play York. against each other. And they play against each other, you know, sort of like this you know, come together, you know, one afternoon every month, whatever, something like that, come together. Yeah, that's and, cool. Uh, and so I saw a, a, a softball match between the Associated Press and <laughs> the New York Times. I can't remember what it was, but it's something that's like That's fun. That. Um, and that was in 2004. 2005, mm. I returned to New York after yeah. going to... These were two trips out to... Uh, first to the International Jugglers Association Summer Festival in 2004, mm-hmm. which was in Buffalo, New York, upstate. And, you know, you travel in and out through New And York. then, of course, you're going to visit New York City. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Made it. And so when I went back to Rochester, mm-hmm. uh, when I performed at the Rochester Juggling at the Rochester Institute of Technology, and again, up, upstate New York, mm-hmm. I again traveled there um, via New York. And I again had a few days in New York to so travel around. And I was like hell i really enjoyed sitting down and watching a, a softball game in this thing so i went back and sat down at the same diamond and uh it was the same it turns out it was the same league <laughs> no. and one of the leagues was the same thing so literally a year later or one of them would have been like uh, july in 2004 and i went back in may of 2005 right and so yeah not quite a year later but a year later i went back and one of the teams the same... one of the teams i watched the associated press um against uh, the softball team yeah another softball team so because i recognize the names i mean i won't recognize the players but i recognize the team name and Mm. then the name of one or two of the names of the people hitting the ball so that's funny really funny uh yeah so uh, and i wanted to watch baseball because when you fly over different countries Mm. there's different things that you recognize like the shape of fields in the netherlands is very noticeable it used to be that uh, germany had all the wind turbines but now there's many more wind turbines in lots of different places um France is very recognizable, French and things. The yep. fields in the UK are kind of like of a certain shape, so, which is yeah, weird. Yeah, look- but, and then when you, you can definitely tell when you're flying over Canada and you go from Canada over into America, yeah. when you do it because the planes like go over almost over the North Pole. Right. You can tell when you cross the border because suddenly there's baseball diamonds yeah. everywhere and they're so visible they're from the air. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite recognizable, unmissable. Yes. Like you just don't, you don't really see them outside of America and and as soon as you're flying over, like if you fall asleep and wake up and you look down, you see baseball diamonds. Ah, this yeah, is where in America. Okay. Anyway, we're going on too long about that. So now everybody I gets think a that's fun. no. Now everyone gets a feeling of what this book is like. How much yeah. there's too much softball in this book. But now, obviously, it's related to the setting of like you. They, it gives it a shape, as in okay, we have the first of the yeah, season, yeah, kind of. and then it's the last. But the reason why I wanted to tell too many baseball stories really is just to kind of feel people go, ah, oh, too much baseball. Can you not get back to the book? That's what I felt like reading some with this book and then I looked at these Goodreads uh, <laughs> other people reviewing on Goodreads any pretty much everybody who mentions the the baseball says there's too much baseball if some people don't mention it at all so of course I guess they're fine with it yeah and that's probably and I remember now actually one of the reasons why I stopped reading this that second time that I read it you, you remembered I just remembered, too much ah, baseball uh, that was like, ah there was loads of it in there so yeah so, so the, you just heard us giving talk, you more yeah, baseball too much, stories too much baseball. The other thing that happens in this book, the second main storyline mm-hmm. or the main source of conflict mm. in Kevin's life or the main, you know, not co- so I wouldn't say source of conflict, but the main other thing that's happening is the, the is the love story, the romance oh, story. With Ramona. With Ramona. Yeah. Who mm. has recently broken up with 
Alfredo, oh, who is the town mayor. The, yeah, who wants to develop a snattle, a rattlesnake hill. Yeah, yeah. Again, that's not clear. That's a mild spoiler. But it's revealed quite early on that, that you know, it, well, you know, maybe not even a spoiler. If it happens in the first two chapters, not a spoiler. Yeah. In the first two chapters, uh, or let's say the first three chapters of this book, actually, no, these are really long chapters. They're so probably all within the first chapter, mm. um, is... Uh, uh, Kevin's first town council meeting mm-hmm. and he's sort of like hey what's going on here mm. let's put that resolution on hold and let's, let's, look, into let's look into that mm. another thing Ramona breaks up with Alfredo and uh, and Kevin has had a crush on Ramona since high school <laughs> and he's like now <laughs> now is my chance. chance I'm yeah. gonna move in and it starts off and you're like wow you have been friend zoned hard like you <laughs> you are directly in the friend zone meanwhile Doris is like oh me no, yeah, she's not like me, but she's sort of like, what does he see in Ramona? And then she's sort of like, ah, oh, maybe it's just because I'm now jealous of Ramona and uh... Kevin. And because Kevin and Kevin and Doris had a thing back in the day when they first moved in. Oh, people live in like these communal houses as well. So, you know. So it's not um, one well, one family, like single family homes. Yeah, yeah. So all young people, they're like, oh, right. we all live together. Yeah, you know, like Vicky's. Not just, yeah, it's more vague, but not, yeah, but also like full families live there. So that in any one of these things, they can have like maybe 20 rooms or 20 families all coming together to communal space mm. they look after the children like like each day one it of them will take a, a day it off takes work. a village yeah. to raise a child yeah yeah um so uh so yeah when him and him and doris moved into the same thing they almost just took one room together but then they didn't you know there's yeah. some history there yeah. so yeah this whole this this whole i would say love triangle but it's not really a love tri- i mean it kind of is a love triangle mm. um but yeah this whole thing about will he or won't he mm. with ramona mm-hmm. um and that lasts the full length of this book with also Alfredo being kind of a rival there or not. And also in the baseball, Alfredo is a is a rivalry. There's a rival. So it's all this thing <laughs> like, oh, how much how much is this rivalry rivalry with Alfredo? Is it um is it a sporting rivalry? Mm. Is it a political rivalry? Mm-hmm. Is it a romantic rivalry? But not all really, but what's it gonna be like if I then get together with his ex-girlfriend, someone who I had a crush on, but they've been together for 15 years, but now I'm gonna mm. try and swoop in there mm-hmm. and pick up the pieces. And I'm like, don't be the rebound. Oh no, you're in the friend zone. You know, there's all that kind of stuff going on here. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and other things too. Um, and so yeah, that's the other thing. Another, that I just want to mention another character who comes in is uh, is Hank. Oscar. Oh, Oscar. Is Oscar. Oh, yeah, you mentioned Oscar before. Uh, Oscar is mm. a, a really fun character who comes in and he's the new like every. He's the t- new. Uh, person in town he's the, he's the new guy in town mm. he's this big roly-poly guy who comes in he's the new town lawyer like the town always br- they, ah. they they pay for a lawyer for everybody for legal advice and also oh, to cool. deal with town town stuff. related issues yeah. and a lot of him is he's also like oh i'll help you out with this you know this zoning proposal that alfredo is i'll help you look into that too mm-hmm. but also a lot of it is um is people then showing him the town like so he's our outside eye oh, coming right. in even because though, he is the new guy yeah even though kevin mm. is our main viewpoint character mm-hmm. a lot of the time we're seeing stuff from kevin and he's never known a different world he's never known everything mm. um uh, and uh 
and Oscar is just a little bit older, a little bit more mature. And some of the passages in the book are written from his point of view, some kind of like letters, mm -hmm. like epistolary fiction, where he's writing a letter. We never see the letters come back, but he's writing letters to his family who live back in Indiana or wherever they're from. Okay. And he's sort of like, wow, these people in California, or these people in they're Orange crazy. County. And they, were thought, they said, hey, do you want to come swimming? And he thought, oh, yeah, I'll go and hang out in the pool. And then they all got in the pool and they all just did laps up and down, up and down, up and down. And I'm like, that's not what you do when you go to the pool. You know, and they're like, hey, you should join the baseball team. And he's like, nope, like that. But then it's revealed that he does other things as like there is other things going on in his life. And he starts sharing some of his interests, which are not the normal Southern California Orange and County interest. And they look at him, so like, Yeah, no, too. So, so yeah. he's one of the outside eye characters who allowed to, but also he is, um, he in the letter also writes about the town <laughs> gossip. So mm. most of it we're seeing from Kevin's point of view and he's sort of like, oh, Ramona, oh, this. And you're like, oh, get over him. Like, oh, she's so beautiful. And, stuff like that. and then you get a little bit of a reality check going, oh, you know, fucking Kevin, you know, whatever, yeah. not really fucking Kevin, but like, you know, looking from the outside in. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we've got 47 uh, uh, minutes of this podcast so I, far. I really enjoy hanging out with these characters via your tellings. Yeah, it's really good fun. And this is a book which, again, you could say, oh, it's a book where nothing happens. No, but it's a book about life. Yeah. And Kim Stanley Robinson is one of those rare authors who has enough talent to write a book where not a lot happens or <laughs> it's just like these long spans of time yeah you know when you, we, we read the um uh red mars book and a lot of that is sort of like oh yeah just lots of political maneuvering and meetings and people doing it yeah. but it's fine to just be like oh this is this whole chapter is going to be some people climbing a mountain and you're like that's got nothing that's what's that got to do with the, where's the drama in that it's like no they're just climbing a mountain yeah you know and he does make he does make it dramatic there mm. is ways to make climbing a mountain in the Antarctica book he does that quite a lot it's sort of like yeah just people hanging out in Antarctica and they go from here to there and then they go and visit this base and meet up with people and then they have a romantic interest over here yeah. and they get a bit of backstory of this stuff and you know and it's I don't know I I actually think one of the reasons why I didn't like Aurora so much was that too was much missing? happens. Like, yeah. At the start of the book, they're like, oh, just people hanging out on a space station. Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, that could have been really good. But then they're sort of like, oh, no, these deadly viruses coming in. And what are we going to do? We're going to turn around. And it was kind of felt like it was pushing the drama too much. Mm -hmm. And I quite like Kim Stanley Robinson. Now, it doesn't always work. I think there is a balance to strike. And some of his books are just so big and so long that I don't think I would want a really long book but this, this is a good length this, this isn't, a, this like isn't a, nice... a really long book where no. nothing happens this looks like a, a holiday read yeah. kind of um length but if you're wanting if you're wanting drama or anything like that not this is this book this is, is not, not but if you just yeah. want some nice proficient writing mm. with some likable interesting characters where not a lot is on the line mm -hmm. you know if if uh, if um, the guys Doris and Kevin I thought and, Ramona oh. no Ramona is, isn't part of it I'm saying if Doris uh, Doris and Kevin are the, the two uh, Green Party oh, right. people the, on the, the board yes. yeah. and you know with Oscar and Tom helping them out and some other people helping them out mm -hmm. if they lose their main fight mm. what will happen is that uh, a medical technology which is improving heart health mm. gets to build a, um, a research facility on the top of a hill Hmm. And you're like, 
oh, so the worst case scenario <laughs> is the town is better off. Everybody is gets a bit more money. Everyone else gets a bit closer to the 100% of money that they don't they, have to earn anymore because they, they say outside investment and yeah. these other people that can keep. So even if these main characters fail, yeah. what They're they special. have is, you know, pretty good news for the town. Yeah. And and that's one that's kind of part of the main drama. That's kind of the, part of the drama of the politics. It's sort mm. of like, if everything goes wrong for the main characters, oh, it's actually pretty good. And that's really difficult to mm. get around. Apathy is really mm. good. Oh, if he doesn't end up with the girl, you know, if he if he doesn't, you know, if, you know, if he doesn't live hev- happily ever after, mm. he's not unhappily ever after. And that's quite a lot of what this book he's is. He's just different is, happy. Yeah, it's sort of like, oh, I'll just uh, find companionship yeah. and elsewhere. I think, I think also that's the the whole point of a utopia yeah. is that um, the baseline just, is brought up. Yeah, the yeah. baseline is brought up, and even if something doesn't happen, you will just be happy in a different way because your life will just divert slightly. Yeah, but you are still gonna be you find yeah. a different happiness and with something different. Yeah, so that that's pretty cool. So this book, in the end, mm-hmm. unfortunately didn't rise above that. And I mentioned this, that I kind of, I was annoyed in the previous, but what was the last book that we reviewed? Um, uh, uh, oh, Piranesi. Yes. Um, by Susanna Clark. And I was like, I was annoyed by that, thinking that it had all the ingredients, mm-hmm. but then it didn't, it, there was no actual impact in the end. And... And it and didn't I only give you. it didn't give me that. Mm. I resented that it didn't give it to me because it felt like it could have been a five star, a Luke five star book. Now the previous book by Kim Stanley Robinson, The Wild Shore, I gave that a five star rating back in February when I listened to the audiobook. Mostly the, the bo- second one. No, the first book in the series. Oh yes, the first book. Yes, which I reviewed. Yes. This year. This year. Yes. Um, and I gave that five stars. Yes. The the Gold Coast, which is the second book in the series, I gave three and a half stars, which okay. I reviewed that back in two thousand nine. Right. This one I can't give five stars. No. But it's better than a three and a half star book. So I think I'm going to so give this four stars. Four star book. And now it, it does sound like I've in, enjoyed this a lot. And I very much did enjoy it a yeah, lot. But yeah. like Piranesi, I was reading a book and I thought, uh, the, it, when the end of this book, <laughs> when the end, when the last three chapters of this book comes through yeah. and this guy does the thing or whatever, mm. I'm going to be in tears like I was with, you know, uh, mm. with Flowers and Algernon. You know, it's a book yeah. that can move you to tears with yes. that. And that's actually what happened to me with The Wild Shore. The book, okay. the previous Kim Stanley Robinson. The, yeah, the you first were book. emotionally I was touched. So um, there were some passages in that book which were so well done, yeah. so beautiful, and had such an emotional impact yeah. on me. Yeah, in 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 a few different ways. Tom, the like the 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 secondary character, and Hank yeah. both had these moments yeah. which were moving me to tears. Yeah, in this book, nowhere close to tears ever at all. Yeah, and I think part of that is because it's too easy. Yeah, it's that's that's again why I think it's so challenging to write a utopia mm. where the the biggest thing on the line is maybe like a a, a, a development for the town which is actually pretty going to be pretty beneficial <laughs> yeah. you know yes. it's going to make a lot of people really happy yeah and and yeah the emotional stakes never really yeah. felt like they were big enough and i think that as you said the issue with like it's it's relative i wouldn't say easy to write a dystopia it's easy. It's so easy to write. Like yeah. that's why it's so difficult yes. to write yes. a, a, a. And if you are in a utopia, utopia. like um, I, there's this one, there's this really interesting thing to think about. If you're in in a utopia, yeah, what if you don't have problems, or if you mm. if they're not bad things happening, um, you can't. There's no there's no level to the 
if if you ever without the highs, you need you know yeah, you need the lows if, to have the exactly, highs. Yeah, yeah, yeah you of. don't. There's there's just nothing to appreciate. Everything is is fine. Everything yeah. is good, and then there's nothing there. So then it's difficult yeah. to write a good book. Yeah, it is. Kim Stanley Robinson does do that with this book, right? And some other little things that pop into this. At one point, the, there's like all the characters get together and and view the first landing on Mars, and mm. it feels like oh Mars, that you know the Mars trilogy. Mm. It feels like more of an extension of this book than the previous one. It isn't. They, they are set in different worlds mm-hmm. because the politics of that don't line up with the like the the his, the, the politi- political history of that doesn't line up with this. Right. But they they kind of feed into each other to go ah. Kim Mars Stanley Robinson. It was possible to write a utopia or to write utopian fiction about Mars because the conflict is then man versus Mars, right. rather than this book, man versus you know some property development issues and trying to build houses which don't burn down in wildfires or whatever it is. Yeah. You know, there's a like Mars. The terraforming of Mars becomes the main conflict. The man mm. versus nature, even though there's not nature on Mars mm. in the same way. Mm. Man versus weather. You know, the, mm. like the Martian does as well. Right. Like just surviving no, there creates no tension. In the <laughs> yeah yeah just it creates the tension it, cre- it creates the drama just being on an uh, on another planet mm-hmm. which is difficult and he even said that that's why he had to go to mars to continue writing mm. political in for in a political future with, with utopian tendencies where it not everyone's like oh we can never get there from here so i'm like no we can we can start new yeah. and this is a book which suffers from not being able to start new well not suffers but again it's 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 it- difficult to feel like it's oh yeah this is how the future is going to be because it isn't how the future is going to be yeah um so yeah it's a tricky book but i still very much enjoyed it yeah i think you would be bored by it but you can okay. maybe try and read it if you want to well stefan rudnicki does a really good job with the audiobook narration okay and what else did i say oh at one point oscar is sort of like oh i'm gonna check out some um californian science uh californian authors to catch up with it and he mentions <laughs> he mentions uh jack london who uh Right. Who, who we were talking about yeah, we, recently. Yes. He, t- he mentions Ursula K. Le Guin okay. and some others That's as well. Fun. And I was like, oh yeah, Ursula K. Le Guin. It's a bit, <laughs> it's a bit like The Dispossessed where mm. there, there's sort of like this utopian future right. kind of thing too. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. Anyway, it's uh, I enjoyed the book. Four cool. stars. That's nice. And it gives the whole trilogy, uh, not the trilogy, the triptych. 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 Yes. Can you say triptych or triptych? Yeah. Triptych. Triptych. Yeah, um, gives it uh, an average of four stars. No, uh, a bit higher than four stars. Five plus four plus three and a half divided oh, okay. by three is like three point two five or something. Oh no, I'm gonna make a big mistake. Uh, okay. Like my intuition feels <laughs> five, five plus three point five plus four divided by three divided by three. 9.8. No, that's wrong. I'm going to do this again. Uh, maybe I didn't press the wrong thing. Three People now experiencing us being rubbish at maths. 5 equals 12.5. Oh, I must have pressed the wrong button. On Divided by, by three. 3. Equals. Oh, 4.16, not 4.25. Yes, my so, intuition so slightly, is correct. I said four points, four stars. Four stars, yeah. For, okay. the, for the series. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure, let's... let's How get... Let's both claim victory. You said four stars for the entire series. I said 4.25 stars. And it's literally halfway between with 4.16 stars. <laughs> like, so, <laughs> let's just say, let's just say. Oh, I, I heard you said three something, something stars. No, 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 no. Okay. 
<laughs> I did I did bad math in my head and came out with uh, like I, no the thing is I didn't do any math in my head I just, just aimed for it. a number <laughs> me I, too I didn't actually do it between the two of us alright we've gone 57 know. minutes about this uh, the book let's, let's wrap it up there okay um the next book we're going to read is a book called The Last Astronaut it by is. David Vel- Wellington. David Wellington. Yes. Recommended by one of our Patreon supporters. Yes. So thank you very much to uh, Philippa for for uh, supporting us at the level where you get to uh, suggest a book that you want to that you want us to uh, review. Yes. And Philippa, that's uh, so. If you want to also do that as well, uh, Patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge. I set it up mostly for juggling stuff, so I mm-hmm. post lots of juggling stuff there. Uh, but also, science fiction book review podcast listeners are also supporting us on Patreon. Thank you all these, so uh, much through these Corona times, these leaner Corona times. Um, so thank you very much to all of the, uh, everyone there. So, uh, yeah, that's it. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm at Luke Burge. Juliana's on Twitter as well. And we're both on Instagram. Yes. At Luke Burge. And you're at J-U-K-U Berlin in those places exactly. too. Exactly. Um, I think that's it. Anything else you want to um, say? Oh, let me go over to uh, uh, Goodreads just in the last minute of the podcast. Uh, Friends Reviews. This gets a 3.86 rating overall and a 3.79. So kind of a kind low of, kind of a low uh, rating here on Goodreads. But I think most people go into this going, yay, read the Mars yeah. trilogy. Lots of yeah. stuff happens. Politics yeah. and yeah. drama and terraforming. And then you're like, people playing baseball and going on bike rides. <laughs> Jeff rated four stars. Lots of stuff there. Uh, Greg Heller graded it five stars. Lots of other four and five. Yeah, it's it's one of those books that, like, if this is a book for you, you're nev- never going to give it less than three stars. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But if it's not a book for you, it's you're, just you're not going to stop reading it. But yeah. if it is a book for you, yeah. it's probably not going to even get up to five stars. Even if, it, like, this book is a book for me, mm. but it doesn't reach five stars. Yeah. Which is but a pity. But not all books need to reach five stars. No. All right, that's it. Yes. That's it. Thanks a lot for listening and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.